Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Early to bed. to win. I won. I won the money. It's the early line with Joe Raineri and Dane Martinez. Line up, ladies! All right, guys, here we go. It is tournament time here, conference tournament time in college basketball. It's, uh, it's a beautiful time of year for betters uh, as they get ready to transition uh, into either baseball, uh, if that uh, tickles your fancy, uh, you know over the next 30 to you know 90 days when it comes to college basketball and the NBA, we are 30 days away from the NBA playoffs beginning uh, April 16th. Here we go. It's a, it's Toronto is going to be uh, questing wow. to actually repeat and defend their championship. We are that close to it all. And then, of course, Sunday will be Selection Sunday. This is when it'll all come together. There will be teams heading to the NIT who are aggravated that they didn't make the tournament and vice versa. There's going to be a lot of huffing and puffing a week from today come next Monday. But ultimately, and this is the beauty of the tournament, is it will get settled on the court. So we have games tonight, Horizon League, Sunbelt, the MAC getting ready to kick off here tonight, as well as the Western Conference as Gonzaga, St. Mary's, BYU, the Dons of San Francisco, all getting ready uh, to get it going, including even the, uh, you know, the uh, the MEAC is going to get going too as well. Don't forget Hofstra's playing tonight, Delaware. There's a lot of those in-between games too tonight that are going to be, uh, we're crowning champions all week long. And then, of course, the big guys start tomorrow in the, uh, in the ACC, and then the Pac-12, and then the Big Ten, and then here we go. Some teams just merely trying to improve their seating, while others, you need to win, and you need to do some damage in this tournament. So motivation is going to be very interesting for a lot of these teams, including your Syracuse Orangemen, Dane, who unfortunately it was a middle-of-the-road kind of season, but if they make some noise in this ACC tournament, and who knows? Uh, like you said, stranger things can happen. Why not them? Syracuse could be uh, not only not uh, no longer a bubble team, but could be a lower seed, but certainly in the conversation. So a lot to play for a lot of teams like Syracuse. Yeah, I, it's out in front of them because of the format, right? And a team like Syracuse, maybe they don't win the tournament. If they make a run and then lose to Louisville in the final, that could be enough for a team like them to move up the ranks to get in and play. Yep, we'll break it down for you. Here's Dan Stratford. You caught up on the headlines here on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. Well, in the NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks will be without Giannis Antetokounmpo again tonight. He sat out Sunday's loss as well with a minor joint capsule sprain in his left knee. Sitting out the two last games of Milwaukee's road trip. Jimmy Butler left Sunday's game versus the Wizards with a left toe injury and did not return. Eric Spolstra did not seem too concerned about the injury following the Heat loss. Two Washington top performers from the National Basketball Association on Sunday. Chris Middleton did his best to fill in for Giannis. 39 points, two rebounds, four assists in that 140-131 loss to the Phoenix Suns. Drew Holiday, 37 points, nine rebounds, eight assists as New Orleans Pelicans beat the Minnesota Timberwolves. 
120 to 107. LeBron James got it done against the Clippers. 28 points, 9 assists, 7 rebounds, 7 of 17 from the field, 12 of 14 from the free throw line in 35 minutes as the Lakers bested the Clippers 112 to 103. Bam Adebayo continued his strong season. 27 points, 14 rebounds, 6 assists, 189 win over the Washington Wizards. As we continue on in baseball, Willie Calhoun sustained a fractured jaw after being hit in the face by a pitch during Sunday's Cactus League game. He is expected to undergo further testing Monday, a 95-mile-an-hour heater to the chin. Justin Verlander was removed from Sunday's Grapefruit League outing because of right tricep soreness. Astros manager Dusty Baker said after the game that Verlander's removal was precautionary. He was, however, sent for test. Michael Kopish will make his Cactus League debut on Tuesday versus the Rangers. He's been coming back from an elbow injury. Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times boards the Rays and outfielder Austin Meadows have been discussing a long-term extension. And the BNP Paribas Open Tennis Tournament, set to begin this week, has been called off after a case of the new coronavirus, COVID-19, was confirmed in the Coachella Valley in Southern California. Riverside County Public Health Department did declare a public health emergency. We'll see if this continues throughout the country for athletic events. I'm Dan Strapper, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. All right, Dan, thank you very much. Uh, it will be uh, an awful lot of uh, basketball from uh, from here on out, guys. Certainly college hoops as we get ready for Selection Sunday. But uh, in between there, of course, there's a little something else going on. We, you know, Major League Baseball, obviously, with uh, spring training in full effect. The season will begin in just a couple of weeks. Uh, we had the XFL uh, this weekend, week five, with some surprises as we start to see uh, this league kind of uh, develop a little bit, both the play on the field, the coaching, the scoring, a lot of things happening in the XFL. And uh, golf is in full effect, too, as the Auto Palmer, the uh, Invitational in Bay Hill, uh, where Rory was a ridiculous favorite and then uh, promptly oh, rewarded God. everybody who backed him yesterday uh, by being uh, 432 over par in the front nine. So that kind of blew his chances. But uh, Terrell Hatton uh, held on uh, not only after the 54-hole lead, but held on all day long uh, yesterday in uh, Orlando to be able to capture the title. And then there's really no sleep for the weary because it's the Players' Championship, kind of that fifth major this week here, guys. So it's uh, that, too, will be in Florida. The schedule is a little bit different. All of this leading up to what is going to be a crazy Masters. Tiger's not playing this week in the Players' And it's interesting that he chose not to do that. I think it tells you a little bit about um, Tiger right now because he's got to defend his title in Augusta in just a couple of short weeks as well there, Dane. So Tiger not being there this week kind of changes certainly what the odds are going to be in Augusta when he does show up to defend his title. But there is no time to shed tears here. The players make no mistake. It is. It is the the unspoken major among these players. Yep. The world's top 100 players will be in this tournament uh, getting ready to do battle. Brooks Kupka, you name it, they're going to be here. The only person who won't be there is Tiger. But this tournament means a lot to the guys at uh, Ponte Verde. So I wanted to ask you, is Brooks going to be there? Because he put yeah. up an 284 one day. They said... I think they said he wasn't feeling 100%. So he's actually a guy I wanted to ask you about. Is he yep. going to be there or does he even sacrifice the quote-unquote fifth major to be ready to go in about three or four weeks down there in Augusta? That's something yep. I look at. And then, you know, 
as they've done this California and Florida swing, a couple of names, Joe, that I keep on hearing near the top are Bryson DeChambeau and Sunjay mm. Im, right? Yep. And now that I look, and Im is 27 to 1 this week, and DeChambeau is 22 to 1 this week. These guys have been top fives left and right. M even with a victory might, uh, might they make sense because they are definitely in good form. Maybe a little top five action this week. It's interesting too, because you know, if it was any other tournament than the players, what makes the pl- guys, here are the top 10 names at the top All of the, the, the odds yeah. board. Rory, uh, John Rahm, Justin Thompson, Webb Simpson, Adam Scott, Patrick Cantley, Matsuyama, Fleetwood, DeChambeau, Justin. Like, you go down that list. Like, good I, I, world. Like, like it, a major. It, yeah. Absolutely. It is the cream of the crop here. It is like another major. And I think current form is definitely something that you need to consider. And also people who have guys that have actually played in this tournament before and shot well, like a Webb Simpson who's won it. Okay. But... You know, Justin Thomas and and Rory was there was fume coming out of Rory's ears yesterday off of the 18th when he shot. You know, he had the lead in the in the front nine. He gets to the seventh hole, double bogey, bogey, double bogey to finish the front. And voila, just like that, he's out of the tournament and steam when I tell you was coming uh, from the sides of his face. So uh, still going to be a guy that should be the favorite because nobody has been playing better than him. You mentioned Kupka. He went from 18 to 1, Dane, to now 29 to 1 after yeah. that performance this weekend. He is not, he's not there yet. And we we kept telling you about that in the beginning of the year, guys, that you know, he's coming off surgery. He didn't start until late, until January, really starting to get back into competitive golf. It takes a little while for these guys to get into form. Yeah, you gotta shop around, Joe. At FanDuel, Kepka's actually 35 to 1. So you if you think that he could put it all together this week. You'll get a better number over our partners on FanDuel. Joe, I keep going back to DeChambeau. I really do. Yeah. Okay. And because, correct me if I'm wrong, you're more of an expert when it comes to golf than I am, but isn't DeChambeau one of those analytical, it's all in his head kind of guys, right? So could it be that he just finally put it all together and he yeah. realizes his immense potential and this yeah. could be like, this could be like his year kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like if he all figured it out, right. And all that beautiful mind stuff started to line up in his head. It looks like he's playing well. He was highly touted is still a kid. I'm going to keep my eye on him all year long, especially heading into the majors. He, he, another top 10 finish yesterday in the Bay Hill. He he got to the 18th hole and made birdie on the hardest hole in the golf course, makes birdie on the 18th to get to one under. And his entire game has changed this year. It is the best golf he's played since the year he was the PGA Tour player of the year. Yeah, back in 2018. He wasn't any good last year. It kind of caught up with him. But he's kind of getting back to what we saw in 2018. But he is a guy you better pay attention to, guys. Top fives, matchups, coming up with the players this week. It's going to be uh, it's going to be very Masters like. This is uh, what a lot of guys consider to be the tune-up before the first major, which is the Masters. No Tiger Woods there. Opportunities at decent numbers for big name guys that you will never normally be able to get in the twenty to one, thirty to one price range oh, that have a shot at winning this thing. Dustin yeah. John is thirty to one, Joe. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank. You.
Thank you very much. Exactly correct. There's going to be some money to make here this week on that. Uh, we'll talk about the, tonight's NBA card. We got three games, but uh, some interesting matchups. We'll tell you what the uh, the markets say about them. We'll do that coming up next year on The Grid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, guys, here we go. Let's do this. Time to make some uh, money this week. Certainly plenty of opportunities come tournament time. A little different animal from a handicapping standpoint. Uh, some different uh, ways to look at this. Don't forget, this is going to be two, three, four games in a row in four days for a lot of programs. And some teams are deep enough, experienced enough to be able to get it done, while others might have a lot of firepower out of the gate. But uh, the reality is they'll never make it through that kind of gauntlet here for conference tournaments. So we'll talk and start breaking down some of these games uh, tonight. But we'll take a look here at uh, a couple of games that seem to be moving the market. One of them is in the NBA uh, here, Dane, tonight. is only a three-game set in the NBA tonight, but a very interesting uh, card, to say the least, uh, because I think there's some value. Number one, you got the Charlotte Hornets taking on the Atlanta Hawks. Now, listen. This isn't the sexiest game that you're ever going to see all week in the NBA. Uh, you've got two teams that, quite honestly, have nothing to play for but ping pong balls. But we know the public doesn't know where to go in this game because of that fact. So on one hand, Charlotte mm -hmm. has the slightly better record. It's coming off of a huge upset win against Houston last night, guys. They uh, uh, the Over the weekend, rather. They both raised them 108-99. to They were an eight-point dog in that game. And then you've got Atlanta, who you can never bet on the road, but when they're home, well, they've got home court advantage, and they crushed Charlotte last time they played 122-107. to So I'm seeing Atlanta opens up as a four-point favorite, and then all of a sudden I saw this line get moved up rather quickly, started to see some, uh, some uh, Atlanta Hawks money come in and went to four and a half, five in some places. So it does look like... And they're coming off a blowout loss, by the way. I think they got blown out to uh, the last game over the weekend that they played. But they are home, and they're a different animal at home. Uh, like some, like most you know, NFL, NBA teams that are playing sure. for absolutely nothing, they play for the home crowd. Uh, it's an interesting matchup. It's not a big – depending on who you think is playing better and who you trust more, uh, the pros seem to think Atlanta is going to win this one uh, rather easily as they keep pushing the lineup from minus four. Yeah, it's at four and a half right now over on FanDuel, Joe. So it's moved even a little bit more. 224 and a half is the total. I, I, you know, we talk about it all the time here on SportsGrid and here on the early line. Handicapping motivation is very tough. And so when mm. you have these two teams that are playing for ping pong balls, as you mentioned, I will lean towards the home team. That'll be my trump card. As you mentioned, they're playing in front of the home 
the home crowd. But the number I like the most in this card tonight, Joe, honestly, is the Denver Nuggets at home against these Milwaukee Bucks. Um, remember, no Giannis with the knee strain. And Milwaukee just came off a, just came off being at Phoenix last night, right? Where Phoenix is a high-paced team. I think it was like 140 to 120 something. And Middleton went off. Middleton went off for like 40 some odd points. So I find it hard on the second of a back-to-back in a very tough place to play where the public might just be like, oh, the Bucs are dominant, not even know about Giannis, not even looking at the schedule. I think there are a couple of factors here which lean towards Denver in this one against Milwaukee, not the least of which is that the MVP will not be dressing. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's interesting because, and this is a la Milwaukee, and Budenholzer to a T. This is a, a coach, and you watch Milwaukee last year, and you watch Budenholzer and his career. The second half of the season, the the months of February and March, heading into the playoffs, uh, his teams are are 500 at best, and even worse uh, right. in that particular case because their mo is, and this has always been Budenholzer. He goes out, he treats Game One like it's Game Seven of a World Series. The first half of the season. His idea is to go out, put his team in a position to win the division, right? Be in a position to get a top seed. And then right from that point, not risk anything until we get to the playoffs. Look at his track record, guys. Milwaukee did it last year. He's done it uh, in the past. It's it's what his teams do. So it doesn't surprise me that we're barely getting 100 points out of them prior to yesterday. It doesn't surprise me that defense gave up 140 friggin' points yesterday. The, one of the mainstays of Milwaukee was the defense, but defense is effort, guys. And when Giannis isn't on the court, they had done pretty well. I mean, his record after a loss, the Milwaukee Bucks were, were some obnoxious, not like 18-1 and one after a loss where they would bounce back against the number. Well... Didn't happen yesterday, and it's not going to happen, I think, from now until the playoffs begin in April. They are content. If they lose 20 games this year, Dane, they're still going to be the number one. They don't care. That That's not what is in for the Milwaukee Bucks. They're not going to rush Giannis back. They're not going to try to set the world on fire by only losing 11 games and winning out. It's not who they are, and I think you need to approach they are going to be overvalued everywhere you go from now until April 16th. So as far as I'm concerned, they are an instant fade for me in most situations because the market's going to overvalue them. And I know, and you talked about motivation, there is no motivation for Milwaukee to have to go out and light. The, they're not going scorched earth, guys. It's not going to happen. Right. We saw what happened a few years back when the Warriors did, in fact, go for the 72-73 right. wins, right? And now Giannis a little bit banged up already. And the other thing, Joe, this is the second night of a back-to-back out west. They're going from Phoenix to Denver. Denver and the altitude. Denver does have stuff to play for, right? They're competing with the Clippers, with the Jazz, with the Rockets for seeding out west. They are at home. There is no Giannis. Three and a half is not enough for me, Joe. Like all the things you mentioned, Budenholzer's kind of M.O., but for me... One of the things novice bettors in the NBA do not do, Joe, is look at the schedule. And for me, the fact of this being the second of a back-to-back out West, that's another indicator to fade Milwaukee tonight. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's both of these teams are pretty much in a, with a month left, and they're entrenched. You got Milwaukee's the number one seed, Denver's the number three seed, all right? And they both know what's at stake here because they've been there and done this. So 
there's nothing really, there's not going to be an epic collapse here because there's so much crap in the NBA that Milwaukee is not going to suddenly go on an 11-game losing streak. So they know this. So the motivation to give extra effort, diving for a ball and doing, you know, doing the little extra thing, it's not going to be there. But the market, it's not going to adjust, guys. They, you know, their record is their record. They're always going to be a little overvalued, I think, moving forward. And I do think there's an opportunity to be able to make some money fading them not to lose games but of course fading them because the numbers are going to be out of whack right. i don't i don't know how you choose anybody but denver in this game i don't trust milwaukee on the uh after giving up 140 points defensively yeah. that's not going to get better tonight right. and denver they'll be they have no problem at home putting up points tonight none that's what i'm thinking as well and let's not forget the mvp of the league will not mm -hmm. be there Making Milwaukee yes. a much different team on the road. And it's not like we're talking about the Washington Wizards here, Joe. Denver is a very good team at home. It's no, you know, it's no... Uh, Coming it's off a very disappointing loss against the Cleveland Cavaliers last game. So a little motivation you could get yeah. right against this Milwaukee team. Without Giannis and with Middleton having gone off last night, expending yep. a lot of energy, now in the thin air. I like the Nuggets tonight. Yeah, uh, it, there to me, it's it's nothing. I tell you what, too, Denver is another team that has no problem at home slowing it down, guys, and bleeding you for everything it's worth. So without Giannis being run and gun, let's go up tempo. Uh, second night of a back-to-back. -back. Expect yeah. this to be a slow-down game, and I would not. Uh, I would not expect another 140 points here tonight from the opposition. This could very well hit the under, and a game be decided by the rebounding and the pace of what Denver sure. is going to dictate. It is their building, after all, so they're not going to want to get into a running gun with Milwaukee, even without Giannis. They're going to play the half-court game. You're in our building now. We're going to slow this down and bleed you dry. Yep, that's what I think is going to wind up happening. And then we have our third game on the NBA slate, Joe, which the Utah Jazz are hosting Toronto. You know, I mean, I almost want to say I feel similarly, right? A dominant East Coast team mm -hmm. in the schedule, tough place to play in Utah. Right now on FanDuel, Joe, the Jazz are four-point favorites against the defending mm -hmm. champs. Yep, they're also on a five-game winning streak. It was a rough stretch for them uh, over the last month or so. They were uh, they went through this losing streak at home where they had lost four in a row. Uh, but the problem with them is they've always done really good against the uh, some of the the bad teams, some of the less than 500 teams. They have struggled a little bit against some of the better teams. It's a tough spot for Toronto. And I give Toronto all the credit in the world for being where they are right now with as many double-digit game injuries that guys have missed. I mean, yeah. their starting five Absolutely. have all missed more than 10 games on the season. It's crazy when you think about what they've been able to do without guys like Gasol in the lineup and Siakam going down and Van Fleet and Powell. It's not been easy for them, but yet they continue to show up and show out. This is a tough game here, man. This is a really tough game. Big win for them last night, Toronto. Um, the more rested Utah team at home. Uh, they won this five is a, Jazz are hot, too. Yeah, this is tough, man. This is a tough, tough game. They should be able, Utah should be able to get this job done 
And the question is, are they going to be able to get it done? Are we talking about a final possession game, or are we right. talking about a comfortable Cover win for comfort. Utah? Yeah. Ugh. For me, the and schedule. And the other problem is both of these teams can score, but on the okay. second night of a back-to-back, how much uh, how much scoring can we expect from uh, Toronto here tonight? So, and Utah, by the way, at home plays some crazy defense. They can bring it defensively exactly. there. The effort might be a little bit more on Utah's part. So, this might even be one that I look at the under with as well. Yeah, I think these two games we're talking about here right now, though, are very similar. Raptors yep. back to back, you know, out west, Denver and Utah, not even play. Yeah. And I don't necessarily agree with the line movement towards Atlanta, too, but we'll we'll talk about that game, plus take a look at the conference games tonight, college hoops, including the Zags. We'll do that coming up next here on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Conference tournaments up and running, ready to rock and roll all week yes, long, sir. getting ready for Selection Sunday. Looking forward to it here, guys. And uh, tonight, all eyes will be out west, way west, as the Western Conference continues to plug along. The Dons have been doing everything of San Francisco in order to be able to put themselves in a position to take on the Zags here tonight. Number two, Gonzaga. But... Keep in mind that Gonzaga and BYU, two of the top uh, seeds in the Western Conference, they, they're coming off of buys. They, they are well-rested. They have ah. not had to play. Uh, but you've got St. Mary's, of course, and San Francisco that has had to play a couple games over the week. So they roll into this uh, game, both the Zags and BYU against St. Mary's, a little well-rested. But the thing with the Zags, for example, that you guys got to keep an eye on, they're a 13-point favorite here tonight in this game, which is – to be expected because they've handled the Dons before. This is not, they are they are ready to rock and roll and prove to the world like they are every year. Mark Few has these guys ready. They have that little man complex, that Napoleon complex. We're going to show you. The problem is they're good, but, you know, the guys that make them good, like Killian uh, Tilly, for instance, we mm-hmm. are talking about guys that are going to have to play I don't know, healthy for a whole lot of games in a row leading into tournament time in order to be able to put themselves in a position to win a national championship. So not only are they going to have to win the next couple of games, obviously in the next couple of days to win the Western Conference and secure the number one seed, but then it's going to be a gauntlet there in the tournament. And while I love the Zags, they're not as deep as they have been in years past. So, uh, you know, they've got you know, Tilly to me is a guy that's a perfect example. He's been injury prone, um, you know, injury prone. They've kind of load management a little bit this year. They worked it. Um, but that's not going to have to go. That's going to go out the window. The, he, they're going to have to keep him healthy enough. And this guy is going to have to 
six straight games. He's got to play two games in three days, three times to win a national title. Think about that. Two games in three days, three times to win the national title. He is the Zags' best player by far. If he can't, all of a sudden, the Zags aren't a 13-point favorite, Dane. And that's the worry when you look at this Gonzaga team. Will they be able to – can they keep their best player healthy long enough to be able to do it? Because that is a gauntlet. He goes down, the Zags go down. Yeah, no, I hear you, Joe, and I think, I mean, not to the same extent, but you got Azubuki, we can't, like these, these one, these players, right, that are top, Obi Toppin, right? What mm-hmm. happens to Dayton if Obi yes. Toppin goes down? And here's yep. what I would also say. With, with these, some of these small market teams, not small market, smaller conference teams that are going to have to go through this gauntlet, what if just one game, their stud, whether it's Toppin or Tilly or Malachi Flynn or any of them, what if they get in foul trouble, Joe? What if they get in foul trouble? They don't have to get hurt. You know what I mean? They don't have to be hurt and out. You know, and I would literally be, especially with teams where their big best player is a big man, at some point, the 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 strategy for the other team is gonna be just drive at him the whole time and hope he right. picks up some fouls, right? Because if Tilly is out or Toppin is out or Flynn is out or something like that for one of these teams, you know, uh, Powell for Seton Hall, you know, that's the risk of some of these uh, mid-major teams. If their big dog not only gets banged up, but if they have a game when they're in foul trouble and their depth is tested, that could spell trouble for some of these mid-major teams. Yeah, and uh, listen, they, they're not going to have a problem beating the Dons, although the Dons yeah. have uh, have played very, very well. I give them credit. Uh, beating Pacific, obviously, to be able to get here. They can score some points, but the Zags' defense isn't the best, but it's certainly good enough. When you shoot 51% from the field and 39% from beyond the arc, that, you know, there's a reason why you always bet the Zags over, right? Because they come yeah. out and they put you in a hole, and then from that particular point, when you're playing catch-up, there's not a lot of teams that have the firepower in order to be able to play catch up by double digits every time heading into the second half. First half overs, a guarantee that we always look. I'd probably look at it again tonight. I'd probably look at the Zags in the first half tonight uh, going up against the Dons. Uh, if the Dons would need an all-world efficiency shooting night in order to be able to keep right. this one uh, within single digits, unless the Zags have an off night shooting the ball, but when you shoot 51% for the season, um, those nights come few and far between. I, I think bet- they're ready. Right. They're, they're well-rested. They're ready to go. The first half, you should be probably all over uh, the Zags here tonight, both in the uh, spread and in the over and the total. So you, you think they come out and blitz them, blow the doors off early? That's who so, they are. That's who that's they are. Half. Exactly. Like, what is the first half number on this? I know it's 13, I believe, for the game. So what I'm going to try and do is I'm going to bring up, see if they have any. Uh, see if they like, have the first. Ha- yeah. Yeah. I don't see. see it just yet. They don't have it up just yet. You just have the team totals for San Fran and for uh, and for Gonzaga. Joe, what is the I team wish- total? Do they have a team total up for them? Yeah, they got a team total. Uh, I guess for San Francisco, it's 69 and a half. And for Gonzaga, it's 82 and a half. And that makes sense, right? That's the math equation. Yeah. that gives you 13 points. That adds up, you know, right there to the, to the total. And so, that number is going to go up, by the way, guys. That, yeah? that 13 is going to go up. They're, they're going right. to get hammered here. It could be 14 before you're all said and done. So it's yeah. it, they're going to get that, better. Especially, especially yeah. Joe, they just saw San Diego State go down. 
right? Wow. So yep. it, it can be done. And they know yep. that if you slip up, you know, this, I mean, listen, there's the good teams are left, okay? And San Francisco among them. Joe, I yep. wish we had Maxwell Smart on today because I am very intrigued, Joe. I'm digging in the, digging in the crates for this one, Joe. The Southern Conference Championship, Wofford and East Tennessee State. Joe, yes. Tennessee State is one of those dominant small conference teams, okay? 29-4 mm, yep. on the season. One of those four losses is at Allen Fieldhouse against Kansas, okay? I'm okay Correct. throwing that one out. They go 16-2 and yep. in conference. Yep. They're seeing yep. a Wofford team that was below 500 in conference, right? right? Lost their last seven regular season games, Joe. Lost yep. their last seven. But is one of these teams that we talked about last hour has gone on a run, right? And has yep. won three straight in a row. East Tennessee State, if they don't win their conference, it don't matter that they're 29 and four. They ain't dancing, right? And here's the one last nugget I'll give you. Their regular season matchup, Joe, was right. at East Tennessee State. The, uh, the Buccaneers won this game, but by mm -hmm. one point, Joe, 49 yep. to 48. So Wofford yep. can play them tight, is getting hot. But on the other side, East Tennessee State, the Buccaneers, if they don't win this game and they trip up and defecate the mattress tonight, they're not dancing. This is a very intriguing matchup to me. The line isn't, full, isn't out yet. But I'm going to be right. looking at this one. You know anything about this matchup, Joe? Yeah, well, here's the thing about Wofford, which makes them so okay. damn dangerous. Now, last you. year, we remember Wofford in the tournament as a great yes. three-point shooting team. They would bomb from everywhere. The problem is that they lost a lot of those upperclassmen last year, and the bombs weren't going in this year that often early. But... They've gone falling in here now real recently. And the thing with them is when you chuck up nothing but threes, it's very Houston-like. They're going to chuck up nothing but threes. If they have a good night shooting day in Eastern. That's it. East Tennessee State has dominated the conference all year long. They've been one of the best teams in the conference, but there is no answer if a team goes out and shoots 42% from three-point range. You're screwed. Three is more than two, and then you got to start firing. Going to be a killer game. Going to be absolutely killer, and it all depends on how yeah. they shoot early. If they shoot well early, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough sledding ahead for uh, for East Tennessee State. Now they play really good defense. They're not great against the three point uh, against three points, but they got, they're going to control the paint. If they control the paint and they control the tempo, they have a good shot at, at pulling it off. Go. But to your point, twenty two wins on the matchup. season. What right. good does it, does it do matter. if you don't win the tournament? Right, and, and that's why I bring up their first matchup, okay? It was a low-scoring game, but it was at East Tennessee State and only yeah. by one, Joe, 49-48. You're right, that's like a Virginia kind of score. So it speaks to the yeah. fact that maybe, you know, maybe the Wofford Terriers just weren't hitting their threes, but they are hot now, okay? And that, that, that's exactly why. That's the kind of team that can flip a switch, right? Losing seven in a row, but then gets hot at the right time in the tournament setting. I'm going to be looking at what this spread is and it's interesting you mentioned, if they just hot from downtown, they can hang with anybody. Absolutely. And it's, um, you know, you've the, there's a couple of games like that, too, where you've got some high seeds. You've, you've got Hofstra, for instance, tonight, too, is getting ready to take on Delaware. Hofstra's the number one seed. They kind of wrapped up uh, the CAA long before yeah. anybody else did. They can drop buckets, guys. They can score points 
like nobody else. And Delaware quietly comes in as the number five seed. So you got a one against five. Not that they had a bad year, Delaware, by any stretch of the imagination, but Delaware lost to them at home 73 to 71 last time they played. They've kind mm -hmm. of been the nemesis of them. So this is a game tonight where now it's for all the marbles. Do you trust a Hofstra team to be able to get it done? I think this could be one of the best games on the board tonight. Do not be surprised if we're talking about overtime to settle it when it's all said and done. Um, I think, that, listen, the Hens of Delaware, yep. they, got, uh, they got the number of Hofstra. They have over the years, whether or not it comes to fruition tonight, but how would you like to be a number one seed having to go up against your arch nemesis as a number five seed for all the marbles here? This is going to be a huge game for Hofstra, but... I wouldn't sleep on Delaware in the least bit. They got it rolling right now. This is going to be also another fun one. Yep, and another thing we've mentioned here, in these conference tournaments, you also have to look at location. You just said they want a close one at home, Hofstra. This tournament is played in our nation's capital, a lot closer to where Delaware is than Hofstra. It's a much easier trip for Blue Hen fans than some people coming down from Long Island down to our nation's capital. Delaware is interesting at this point. Yep, Washington, D.C. tonight and the semifinal, of course. Still got to win a game, but this is a tough matchup for Hofstra. Yeah. We'll talk about uh, some of these other games. The Mac going at it tonight. We'll break down those games. Best bets. We'll do it coming up next year on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Yeah, don't worry, be happy, of course, unless you're a top seed and you are uh, trying to claw your way into a uh, into a spot in the tournament. Uh, and the only way that's going to happen is if you win your tournament. And we got a lot of those games here tonight uh, where some teams are going to be going at it, where it's kind of win and you're in and lose and oops, sorry. Uh, the fact that you won 20 games during the year really doesn't <laughs> mean anything at this point because you've got to win your tournament in order to be able to uh, consider yourself uh you know heading to uh heading to the big time uh the tournament which is what all of these mid-major and smaller conferences want you have a couple of teams that have already punched the ticket uh liberty is already uh, you know going in in their second year in existence uh, in the Northern conference they're they're already going in you've got the Western conference you've got the Horizon League tonight, the semifinal, which is facing two teams that can bring it, both Northern Kentucky and Wisconsin, Green Bay, the Phoenix. These are two teams where, and by the way, the uh, I believe the uh, Northern Kentucky, I love this name, the Norse. How do you like that? The Norse. Yes. I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could bet on a team named the what? Norse. Isn't that like Vikings? Right? The Norse, yeah, yeah. like that, right? Exactly. So, one of the things we're going to be doing, okay, for March Madness up on Sports Grid on like our social media 
is crowning mm-hmm. the best college mascot of all time. You know how people put out different brackets and stuff all the time? Our boy Gabe Morrency is really big on the Wichita State Shocker, Wooshock. Yes. This, the Northern Kentucky Norse, should get into our bracket. Remember, you'll be able to vote to see who's the best mascot. Who's your favorite mascot of all time, Joe? Oh, I'm a shocker. You know that. It's all, uh, you know, hell. It was, it was, I brought, I had pictures rolling last year and everything of the shocker. So it's, uh, out of the arms, obviously, but it'll be fun to see who the fans crown. We're going to have to bring that out again. Yeah, we're going to, I'm going to have to find that picture. Let's see what's going on. All right. And bring it on. Uh, tonight, understand though, the Norse, all right, of Northern Kentucky, guys, they've had a double bye. They haven't played. Uh, yet in the Horizon League, which could be an advantage for some, Dane, or it could be a disadvantage for others. Right. So, you know, that's why some of these tournaments, you win the double buy, which is great. You get to watch the other team, you know, now has to play three games in three days. And But sitting on the sidelines sometimes, a little bit of rust, if you get a team rolling, that's how you get some of these uh, lower seeds that end up taking yeah. down some of these uh, higher seeds. These two teams split the regular season. Each one, believe this, on the road. Each one, huh. each one, each team won on the road here. Huh. Um, I, I think there's going to be some points here. Uh, to me, you're already looking at a Wisconsin Green Bay team that's had to play not one but two playoff-style games already to get to this point, and they've been shooting lights out. Now, all of a sudden, you get a Northern Kentucky team that's been a whole hum twiddling their thumbs. While it's nice to have it, you know, that double buy and know you're guaranteed at least a semifinal appearance. Yeah. I, I don't like it when you've got a team rolling like Wisconsin is to this moment going, okay, we're ready to go. The moment's not going to be too big for them. I, You know, if you want to give me five points, and mm-hmm. I think that's where it's at, five, five yeah, and a half, five, give, me the, give me the team that's been playing. I don't want the cold team. Give me the five points. I'll take Wisconsin Green Bay here. I hear you. The total is up at 151, which is one of the higher totals on the board tonight, which speaks to your point, Joe, that both of these teams can fill it up. And I got to tell you the truth, Joe, when you're talking about the North and the double bye, I hate this. Okay, because (laughs) and here's why. Here's why. Because it doesn't matter what they do tonight. People are going to skew the narrative about the time off. We see this in the NFL when teams get a bye. We see it all the time, right? You can make the argument that it's good to get rested, you know, heal your wounds, anything like that. If they mm-hmm. won, that's what the na- if they win tonight, that's what the narrative is going to be. If yeah. they lose tonight, though, the narrative is going to be like, oh, they're rusty. They should have stayed in the flow. You know, it's one of those things where you can make the data say anything you want. And I just hate that for like coaches because they're damned if they do and damned if they don't. This time it's forced upon them. They get the double buy. But those broadcasters tonight, if they come out flat, they're going to use the buy as the excuse. If they come out rolling, they're going to say they're rested. You know, I just don't like um, where you could play it either way. Well, you know, to your point, though, that's why I'm taking the under tonight in this game. <laughs> I've go. got a team, you know, I've got, well, first of all, both of their regular season matchups were priced in the 150s, 151, 152, and they didn't even come close. Uh, okay. To 150, they ended in the 130s. Now, couple the fact that you got a team that's been on the sidelines. Now, all of a sudden, that's going to come out, and what? They're going to drop 90? Like I don't, I don't see it happening. I think there's plenty of value for the under. I'll take the points, but I'll also take the under because of that fact, Dane. You you just can't turn it on and turn it off 
you know, Wisconsin's been rolling here. You, you played twice already and landed in the 130s. Now all of a sudden, what, we're going to go 160 in a playoff atmosphere where, you know, the sphincters get a little tighter? Give yep. me the under in this matchup here, Dane. No, I like that. And this is not Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill yes. and Travis Kelsey with a week of rest. You know what yes. I mean? These are, as yep. you always say, 18 and 19-year-olds that are now entering the biggest scenario of their lives. Okay, so it is. A little bit different. Interesting one to watch. A lot of fun ones tonight, Joe. Yes. Well, you know, urgency is one of the best parts about it. This is what makes exactly. these games so much fun, man. And whether it be conference tournament or obviously, you know, because starting next week when we uh, we have the big dance here trying to crown a national championship, sure. every game matters. And even like we said for the Zags and others, you know, Hofstra here tonight being a one seed, winning 22 right, right, right. games. What the hell good does that do you if you can't make it through to the conference championship? Tonight. It doesn't exactly. matter. They are, yep. Joe, they are 29 and four. Exactly. And all, if they don't win tonight against a team they only beat by one point, that's correct. They ain't going to the dance. That's correct. Talk about yep. the pressure, right? Yeah. And look, look at BYU St. Mary's tonight. This is going to be an 11:30 barn burner here tonight. But <laughs> these are two teams, guys, that have identical. You know, they've won 24, 25, 26. Like, they are really good teams. We've only talked about the Zags, but these are damn good teams, man. These are really, really good teams. And St. Mary's, as you know, they're one of those mid-majors that's not really a mid-major because we've heard of them for years and years and years. I put them just like Butler, just like VCU, like these squads, Dayton. You know, so it is going to be interesting. How many bids does the West Coast Conference get, Joe? I mean, BYU, they lose tonight. They're still a top 25 team. They're still in, no? They are still going to be in, yes, because of oh, that top. Because is that of the year, line? But, is St. Mary's the it, line? St. Larry's the line, but think about that. I mean, it's if you win this game, and let's say you have an opportunity to take down the Zags again, right. then there's a big difference between being an 11 seed and being a, you know, a 5 seed, and that's really what's on the line for some of these games here. And the other team... Oh, it was nice. Maybe the NIT or maybe the C. Right. You know, this is this is a big game for both of these squads because they both have the opportunity. They want the Zags. Let's face it. Whoever in this game is, they're going to want to not only beat, but they're going to want a piece of the Zags who they figure is going to beat San Francisco. If San Francisco right. wins, then all hell breaks loose, guys. I'll tell you that right now. I think this is the 11:30 game, so they'll the, know. It was the late game, yeah. Okay, yeah, so they'll know who's, who's won, who's not, who they're going to face by the yeah. time. So it's um, this is going to be a lot of fun to watch unfold. And I love BYU. Giannis Childs, guys, check him out. He is a beast in the paint. He will overtake games. He overtakes games. He's also a top five draft pick coming up. So he is a – BYU has one of the best shooters in the country, a force to be reckoned with in, uh, in Childs, playing tonight against – St. Mary's with a total of what? 140. You think Virginia plays slow? Watch St. Mary's play. Watch St. Mary's play. It's like paint drying, people. It's like paint drying. And BYU, they average 80 points a game. So something's going to give tonight between these two teams. And I can't wait. They're 1-1 during the season. Yeah, we talk about style makes fight. Right, so we'll see. Is it the up-tempo or slowing it down? The total at FanDuel is 145 and a half. But I can't make this point big enough. We mentioned it with a team like Syracuse. They could go on a run, not win the conference tournament, but improve their resume enough 
to get right above the line. I think St. Mary's is a similar kind of team, right? They get a yep. big win. Listen, this would be a win against number 15 BYU. That's legit. That's, right. That's a resume builder. Could they go Jeez. right above, like, the, the Joe Lenardi first four in, right? This yep. could, they could, if they beat BYU and then lose yep. a close one to Gonzaga, let's say, right, in the, yep. in the conference championship, does that not at least get them to, you know, Dayton in the first four in in that play-in That's game next week? Maybe. Yep. yep. Same thing with but you. But you got to be in it to win it. Exactly. This week, there are going to be teams that overperform and improve their stock enough to just make the cut. And there are going to yep. be some teams on the good side of the bubble now that defecate the mattress and get upset in the first or second round of, you know, the SEC tournament, let's say, right? And it's going to really cost them. Yeah, I will say this. St. Mary's, a terrible ATS team, 14 and 17 on the year. BYU, 19 and 11 against the number this year. They have been money to back. Ken Palm has BYU winning this by four points, 76 to 72. So I can tell you that right now, there are some places have BYU as a four point, some at a four and a half. This is going to be maybe one of the bigger bet games of the night, I think. Uh, the but they are one. not good. So it's, getaway. it's the getaway game, yep. Joe, for the night. Yep. February 1st, they played, and this will give you, because I don't think we're going to see a lot different, 81 to 79, uh, BYU won. 81 to 79. So that's what, and there's a real, look at these, look at their records. They're identical. I mean, they're close yeah. teams that have different styles. But can they can change it up? They can drop 90 on you, or they can win by shooting up by uh, you know putting 65 up. I think it's going to be a great game. But I love the best player on the court is BYU is Childs. I think he's the difference maker in this game, and I think they'll eventually face BYU round two against the Zags here tonight. In fact, it's my best bet of the night. All right, give me the Denver Nuggets at home against the Giannis. Love it. Love it. All right, good luck no matter what you play. Morning after is next. Dan and I will be back tomorrow breaking it all down for you once again. Go get them, guys. Good luck with your plays. We'll talk to you tomorrow. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.